can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed It's a rare occurrence in this day and age I hop on the podcast and Jane's done up her face <laughs> Messy ass top knots seem to be the design <laughs> What used to be shocking is now politically fine <laughs> If it was 1954 it would be unacceptable <laughs> But if it was then then we couldn't be friends I'd work for your family you'd call me Uncle Ben Jane is it's fine. Let's just be grateful we live in 2020. Ba 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 the good one. <laughs> By the way, if you are clamoring to keep tabs on what's going on with us, then um, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Movies We Missed. And if you're more of a tweet, tweet, tweeter, you can find us over at MWM Chat um, mm. with one of the most celebrated Twitter accounts on the internet. Uh, mm. So yeah, Jane keeps tabs on what's going on over there, which is really fun. Um, and um, we, we love to see it. We love to hear it. Um, apparently, you know, our, our producer, um, our producer's sister, you know, she um, she posted something on Twitter last week and she actually asked. Um, <laughs> and I was if, right on top of that and I didn't miss it. And were, you, I fully, were you right on top I of that, know, I know that it was there, obviously, of course. What day was it posted? It, it stutter, was posted. Stutter, stutter, stutter. <laughs> it Is that was Joe? R&B singer Joe behind you? Last week at some point, there's so much action and there's so Not much week, back and point. forth that I can't remember what day... Dave's sister posted, but... Uh, interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I like that people are holding Jane accountable and holding her <laughs> dusty, crusty feet to the fire. Um, so, yeah, let's keep let's keep tabs on what's going on over there, and let's let's keep her honest, you know? Um, mm. The government couldn't, um, but hopefully you, our listeners, can. Uh, Janie, Janie, how you doing today, mama? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I wanted to address a, th a few things from your impromptu opening song. Um, you... <laughs> dragged my appearance said no. that I was always in a messy top knot. Honey, we're coming with fully blow-dried done hair today. Yeah, oh, they are. And she got some of those um, junior high school hair clips too, it looks like. I do, because I'm keeping up with the kids. And the no, kids, it's retro. I like it. And the kids are doing full, like, early aughts late 90s I would so love to see I would love to see you get a coke can and do your bangs and spray them with mm. or put some of that hard ass gel on it that the girls used to wear to get that full that full big singular yeah. bang fantasy right in the front for the kids mm -hmm, back in the day mm -hmm. and if you could put some really thick gel on the rest of your hair and make it really some, curly that'd be a moan some LA looks um 
I that was never my look. Like I respected it, but I never did it. You know what I mean? Do you and have any lip liner nice. as well that you can put on I, your on your I lip could. in a different color <laughs> than your lipstick? It has to be. <laughs> yes, I could. Uh, you know that I probably I would love have. To if get I the had to estimate, fantasy. I probably have fifty lip liners. So I could I could pull off the contrast that you're talking about. Yes. You have fifty. You have that much makeup. I I have fifty lip liners. Sure. Yeah. But you have like that much other stuff too. You have like well, yeah, you have like an um, you have amassed like an arsenal of makeup. Is what you're you've saying? You've seen. Yeah, I mean, you've seen my makeup. I have. Is it all? Is it all locked up right now, or out of not in reach? <laughs> well, no. It's <laughs> it's it's sort of scattered around the room that I'm. Do you in. you have access to it? I I do have access. Oh, I see. <laughs> I am so late to this game. I see you're roasting me because I'm not wearing any makeup. No, I didn't know you weren't wearing it until you just said it. How dare you, Brandon? You know what? I'm a woman, and I get to choose what goes on in my face. And I get to choose when I want to be in a full glam and when I want to be fresh-faced. Because you know what? I am perfect either way. And I want to hear you say it on this podcast. You're perfect however you choose to present yourself to the world. And whatever Mm -hmm. amount of labor you decide to dedicate to your appearance (laughs) um, is up to you. Exactly. if you want to... You know, give the kids like a full glam moment. Um, mm-hmm. They probably wouldn't recognize you because I know that's not something you've been up to lately. But um, <laughs> if you want to give the kids like, you know, what's this? Like, I guess, bareface. Like, this fresh. is bareface. This is uh, like like Hillary Duff. I decided to come clean today and uh-huh. let the rain <laughs> fall down then, mama. <laughs> I am a working girl, as you know, any Melanie Griffith fan would know. Um, obviously, the star of that movie is Melanie Griffith. <laughs> you don't, don't, just make the comment. Don't like, ugh, you ruin your own jokes. Why? Why can't I make fun of the fact that that was the person, first person who came to mind? <laughs> no, I thought it was great. I liked the comment. I was just, once you went in and you were like, it's Melanie Griffith, if you just said it was a Melanie Griffith movie, then I was just like, you know, you know how comedy works. I can't deal with this tonight. You won't. I love you. You, you are absolutely fucking destroying me. And the thing is, is that I'm a nice woman who deserves some. No, you are. You're beautiful. I was just teasing you. You always look so pretty. You don't have to wear makeup if you don't want to, Janie. I forced you to say it, but that's okay. I, I, I'll take it. <laughs> Jane has certain things on me. Um, mm. That uh, she can pull out whenever she wants to. So I have to do what she tells me to do. So, yes, queen, work. <laughs> You're serving. How's your week been, Brandon? Let's it's, been, bl- it's been okay, you know? Lots yeah. Of, you know, stuff, moving parts and things. And mm-hmm. I was uh, tickled pink when I uh, when I got to take a gander this week at, at our movie. Um that is RoboCop from 1987. 1987, baby. Uh, Unbelievable. I had never seen it before, and Jane had never seen it before, so it was one of those movies that everybody got to, you know, set their peepers on for the first time. Well, I assume Dave had seen it before. Oh, no, Dave has seen it before, T has seen it before, but me and you, neither of us had ever seen it. No, and it was, I was excited when you assigned to this, because I was like, oh, this is a classic. Let me tell you something. Last week, I would have bet money. I would have lost trivia. I would have put my life on the line Uh to say that this movie starred Sylvester Stallone. Oh. 
<laughs> this movie does not start Sylvester Stallone. I don't think Sylvester got the call. And okay, time. so Dave are just chimed in in our chat and wrote Judge Dread, which is exactly oh. the same thing that Tara's been saying to me all week. She was like, "Oh, you're probably thinking of Judge Dread," and I was like, "I've never heard of Judge Dread." And then she pulled up a picture of Sylvester Stallone in his Judge Dread costume outfit. Uh, suit? I don't know what to call it. And I didn't recognize that either, but it was sort of Robocopy, so maybe that's what um, I've never my seen mind Ju- went to. I've never seen Judge Dredd either. Yeah, I mean, uh, honey, if you haven't seen Robocop, you haven't seen Judge Dredd. Exactly, you know? Um, but this was, <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't think it was anybody particularly famous just because I knew that the face was covered up for most of the movie, and I was like. Would, would a star, would an Arnold cover up his his face for a whole movie? And I was like, probably not. I guess I didn't think about that. But, I, I you know. I wasn't 100% sure what Robocop yeah. was about. And when this movie I just started, felt like it, was it did so not famous, help me. I thought it had to be a real He's like a huge person. star. Yeah, yeah, but I, what was his name? Peter Weller. Like, I'm, I, I know who he is. I recognize him, but I don't necessarily think of him as, like, a huge, like, household name. Do you recognize? Um, do you recognize him from like like personally? Well, we did have a we did have an an intense relationship, yeah, in um, the early aughts. You used to call him Peter. Well, 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 didn't you back in the day? <laughs> um, we did, yeah. Uh, or I did, I did, yeah. He was, <laughs> as they say, none so pleased with me. <laughs> but you know, we worked it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he is old enough to be uh, a parent for me, but um, I or took a solace. contemporary, a schoolmate. <laughs> I found solace in in that um, during our. Ew, I hate this. I can't. So I'm gonna get into. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read my blurb. To yes, get us going. I'd love to hear your synopsis. <clears throat> okay, here we go. In a dystopian future that is, let's just face it, a few years from now, crime is rampant. In old Detroit, drugs and violence are the name of the game. Criminals are caricatures, and the good folks of the old Detroit Police Department are outmatched. The government gives control of the local police force to OCP. Not ICP, you juggalos. OCP is an abbreviation for Omni Consumer Products. While OCP President Dick Jones does a demo with ED-209, a droid designed to supplant police work for a group of board members, things go a little haywire. During the presentation intended to demonstrate the ways that ED-209 could successfully de-escalate heightened altercations, the droid has a minor malfunction and quite literally decimates a board member as a group of employees watch on in horror. Let's just hope that there's a comprehensive mental health component to the company's insurance plan, even though we know there absolutely is not. Bob Morton, a young upstart at OCP, uses Dick Jones' snafu as an opportunity to pitch his idea for a cop of the future called RoboCop. He really just needs a human host to don the gear. After beat cop Alex Murphy is transferred to the West Precinct, he finds himself face-to-face with gangster Clarence Boddicker. Boddicker and his gang of ne'er-do-well crooks pump Officer Murphy full of lead. 
like so much lead, it's difficult to do anything but laugh. At a certain point, they are willfully wasting bullets. After Murphy is brought to the hospital on the verge of death, Morton and his OCP cronies decide that he will be the perfect host body for Robocop. So they explain away a lack of consent and co-opt his body for government business. Robocop is initially a hit with the community, routinely stopping crooks from crooking. All is going okay-ish if you divorce yourself from the fact that this man's body has quite literally been stolen. Also, his brain is still kinda glitchy, even though they claim to have wiped his memories, so he's having fragmented snapshots of the idyllic life he once had with his former family. He's also reliving the trauma that preceded the whole body snatching thing. You know, where he was shot a million times by Boddicker and his gang. So we've got ourselves an extremely powerful and deadly robot with the emotional capacity of an angry cishet white man. You do the math. Along the way, we will discover that OCP President Dick Jones is bankrolling the Boddicker-led hoodlums, and OCP isn't actually as trustworthy as we already knew they weren't. This movie is going to make anyone who thinks we should defund the police feel... Well, justified. Strap in, because Robocop is about to confirm your worst fears and set the foundation for a whole new set of dystopian-based fever dreams. You're going to need some Benadryl, honey, because this tale is sickening. (laughs) That was great. That was great. A great distillation of what happened, because when I watched this movie, like... I think I I got major plot points, but I was just like, there was so much going on that like, I was sort of like, I'm going to let the plot happen to me and I'm going to catch what I catch and just like watch the, watch everything unfold. If that I think that's sense. what the actor said as well. That was a direct quote. <laughs> because everything is so wild in this movie that I would get the first, the first time I watch it, I would get stuck stuck on something and be like we moved on from that so quickly where are we at and I would miss what was next and so the second time I was just like stop doing that let this movie happen to you and I enjoyed it I enjoyed it much more the second time because I was just like laughing and the main question that I came away with from this movie is like is this a movie that is aware of itself um, that's a good question. I, I before we get, I was actually gonna just throw out a couple of facts for everybody. Um, oh, this movie okay. was released July seventeenth, nineteen eighty seven. That was a, it was made on a budget of thirteen point seven million dollars, and at the box office, it made fifty three million. Which, if you adjust it for inflation, is around one hundred thirty one million dollars today. So, let's just say it was a hit. <laughs> um, no, I agree with you. It's like there are parts in the movie. Like I found it really interesting that apparently they were worried that like cops wouldn't like the movie, but then cops are like living for it. I know. Um, so I this feel is a very like pro cop movie. I, well, it, yeah, it's very much a movie too, where you can sort of at times pull from it what you need to pull from it to justify whatever your your stance is. Um, <laughs> like I could get how a group of anti cop people could also be like, yeah, look at this movie, what a disaster. And then I get how some pro cop people could be like, yeah, kicking ass and taking names. Totally. So it's messy on both sides, and uh, mm-hmm. there we go. And that's that's what you call a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Eyes. It gets the gets the kids talking. Um, you're right. It was like really chaotic, and like I actually I usually don't message Jane during movies. Typically, we just mm-hmm. like for it all to you know pour out here. Uh, mm-hmm. We did see each other this weekend. Um, Jane begged me to come over to her home, so I did. <laughs> Uh, but he showed up uninvited. <laughs> she, oh, all right, Alanis Morissette. Um, <laughs> but uh, I showed up at Jane's home, and, um, you know, I was in one of my moods. I was 
on my quote unquote bullshit. Um, <laughs> I've been hanging out with Nikki. I was on some dumb shit. Um, enough. I, sh- I we didn't talk about this movie the entire time, but like mm-hmm. when I watched it, I was taken aback by like how violent it was at first because it was like it's so it's cartoonish. Like the like it is so much <laughs> violence and like the shooting just like it just it never stops. And it's like, are we really running out of money? Because we're going through bullets. <laughs> Like I go through potato chips. Well, I don't know if I wrote. Did I just roast myself? I don't know. Uh, I, I certainly hope so. Um, it that's one hundred percent true. But the violence was so out of this world that it didn't seem like you. You would text me. You're like, I'm sorry. It's so like violent. And I was like, Oh, it was hilarious more than anything because it was like this isn't how people hurt or kill each other in any realistic way. So it felt very much like the performance of violence as opposed to violence itself. Like now when violent movies are violent, they're done in a much more realistic manner. And I think maybe like in 1987, this would have been maybe a little jarring for someone watching it. I think it probably also speaks to, I think it's intentional as well, because I mean, we're dealing with like this sort of dystopian future. We're dealing with this hyper real world. So I guess it makes sense that like the violence would also be happening on this hyper real level as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Like this whole movie felt like it could have all been done in like, um, as like a cartoon. And I mean, there are parts of it where it was, I'm looking at you droid. Um, what in the what in the what ABC in the abominable <laughs> abominable snowman special that I watch every year is going on? The uh, ED two oh nine. Well, also one of the funny things is I wasn't sure if this was in the future or not because they never give a year, and so when I was watching it, I, I first, the first time I watched it again, I assumed it was in the future because it's all about a RoboCop and blah, blah, blah. But they never really said things seemed pretty much on par with 1987 aside from those things. So it's like, if it was the future, they didn't anticipate cell phones, which I think they probably would have if they were making a movie in 1987. Cause a version of cell phones already existed. They didn't anticipate any sort of like internet. Although he did, no, Robocop they, did have that like spear that he shoved into computers that, that I guess apparently like had like was he he used it he was gonna use it he he threatened somebody with it. It looks just like it looks like he an killed ice pick or something. Didn't he kill Boddicker in the end with it? Oh yeah. So he does, yeah, he does. So he does use it. Use it, but also as a weapon. It's, it's, but also he can stick it into a, a computer and like get either like information or memory. it's like it was like a. a it's a, a knife and a, a USB at the same time. Yeah, a stabby USB. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm thinking we maybe need to take a trip over to Shark Tank and see if this has been trademarked yet because I think a lot of murderers out there, some of your ilk as you call them, um, would probably mm. have really benefited from having something something like this on hand for some of their indiscretions. I would have loved to have a sword that also gave me information. It's like a phone that also gives me information, but a sword. And it's like, I can defend myself, but I can also learn. You know what I mean? But what do you do when, like, there's a a murder at your home, you've killed a man, Mm -hmm. and the cops show up, and they're trying to put together what happened, and then you're like, I don't know what happened, I had nothing to do with it. And they're like, why is the knife with your fingerprints on it being used as a USB port in the side of your computer with, like information on it like it has pictures of like your recent trip to like Puerto Vallarta so it's like you clearly have some relationship to this item make right. it make sense Jane you're the only person well, here well before the cops came I would clean up 
So it was like, they wouldn't know that was a weapon. I'd be like, oh, this is just my novelty USB that looks like a machete or like a, you know, a, a 18th century sword. Ugh, you'd be so you'd be so messy. You'd get caught so quickly. You'd like you'd you'd probably be one of those people that like other people that like stab their spouse to death and then they like run and go take a shower and like the police get there and they're in like a robe with wet hair. And it's like, what are it's you like, doing? What? Oh my god! There's so many datelines where it's like, oh my god, I was just so distraught. I had to get in the shower and just like cry it out. And it's like, sweetie. You this is not Tony Braxton's finger. Unbreak My Heart music video. You need to not be crying it out in the shower. You can do that after the police take your statement. What's it's going like, on? It's like Sex in the City. Um, oh, did did you not? You haven't watched any of the no, new... No, I haven't. Okay, Ugh, never mind. I was trying to reveal things. Um, but no, it's all that. And when they're covered in, like, they come in the house, and the, the detective's like, why were you bathing in bleach? <laughs> what are you talking about? I always That's do. how I clean. Like, I'm going through something. <laughs> I love my husband. Oh my god, I can't go to the, the station. I I have to stay here because I'm sad. Oh, it's I like, thought you were like to say, like, be here with their body. And it's like, well, that's going too. So you can <laughs> yeah, catch a so. ride with the corner if you'd like, sis. Um, I also thought it was, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I, I was just uh, to wrap up that thing about how I don't know if this is the future or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so when the movie first opens, mm-hmm. there, um, it's like a a fake news show, which was hilarious. Did you see Lisa? I saw, okay, so this movie is actually a movie of mistaken identities for me because I saw Lisa Gibbons and I was like, oh, it's Mary Hart from Entertainment Tonight. Oh. The erasure of this other blonde white woman. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it was our girl Lisa. Um, and Caucasian queen. Our Caucasian queen Lisa um, with uh, bangs for days. But they were reporting on some story in South Africa, and they mentioned, like, the white military government. And I was like, wow. So if this is the if this is in the future, the screenwriter or everybody working on this fucking movie was not anticipating the end of apartheid ever. No, Which they I were like, like things that, are in place and all is right in the world. We're keeping it as is. White people Which are in charge, like, so we're good. Yeah. Which I guess, like, that's one of the things that made me think, okay, maybe this isn't in the future. Maybe this is 1987. But it could be the other. Maybe I'm giving them too much of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they just think this is how it's going to be. No, you you know that probably on the, I'm sure you hit the nail on the head. So do I you think it is the future? Oh, I think it. Oh, no, I think it is a future. Yeah, for sure. Okay. No, I th- it is the future, but it's also the 80s version of the future, and I feel like all 80s movies have the same version of the future, which is just people in, like, neutrals. Um, and, like, <laughs> they really lean on everybody in neutrals and, like, occasional, like occasionally, like, tattered clothing. Um, but it wasn't like the whole world was the future visually. I felt right. like I got it more from some of what they were wearing and the ways that they were sort of, like, moving through the world. And like some versions of technology, um, but, but I did think no one had cell phones. No one. Had nobody like, had cell phones, but like something. No something one had like the, a pill replacement for food. Like I feel like that was like big in the eighties, where it was like, oh, in the future, we're no longer going to eat anymore. We're going to eat. This, we like. did get some, but we did get that um, Dookie soft serve machine. That they oh had. my god! Why did it have to be the color of diarrhea? And why did we have to see it? I hate that they <laughs> so, showed us. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, when RoboCop is first revealed 
they're talking about he's half cop or half person half robot and so he still has to eat some sustenance so they show us like this guy being like this is what he eats this is his nutrients and they hold a cup up to this what looks like a high tech soft soft serve machine like this diarrhea looking substance substance goes into a cup and then you see a man be like oh it tastes like baby food and like continues eating but why also why is that a good thing and why is that something you want to taste because he said it like like that was like a delicious thing that an adult would want and i was just thinking (laughs) why are you standing baby food right now and he was trying to and he was trying to get his he was trying to get his co-worker to like eat from like the same little cup with the same like nasty spoon he had and his co-worker was like i'm good fam and it was just like, why do you? Why would anybody want to share that warm dookie brew that it's you like, have got it's going like, in that? Why? Cup? What was the production choice to make this this food the color of like food poisoning? You know, what I mean? it was awful. <laughs> and then later, when Anne Lewis like goes to like when they're like after Robocop, and she goes to meet him in that like abandoned factory, she brings him more. Dookie baby food, and on the on the jar, it's a picture of a baby. So I'm like, is this the baby food or is this the actual food from the like nutrients machine? I don't know. It was giving me like boo boo bouillon, <laughs> like it was it was a mess, and everybody was everybody was doling out uh, multiple doses of like the I guess I don't know the gelatinous boo boo. Um, it seemed to be enjoyed. It did, and they had that. That was a big ass. And I like how you said like futuristic soft serve machine. That shit looked like they got it from uh, McDonald's that folded. Um, well, I say futuristic in what nineteen eighty seven assumed futuristic meant. Yeah. Anyway, I okay. Dave also pointed out that I referred to that droid earlier as ED two hundred nine, and it's Ed two hundred nine. So you got me. Uh, you no, you called it dr- the droid. I I, I said ED two hundred nine though in the in my bio in my um, oh oh you're right okay <laughs> yeah but you aren't probably listening so that makes sense that you would not know. Um, I also we are, we are on another level tonight. We're scratchy. Yeah, I I am getting a vibe from you, and I'm um, getting one from you, baby. In the year the year it's set in is twenty twenty eight. There we go. Oh my god, hilarious. Where did you find that? I googled RoboCop year setting. Okay, but why don't... I I would love to pass this one out to RoboCop and be like, why don't you say this at any point during the movie? Do they? Maybe there's a scene that got cut where, like, the captain is like, it's fucking 2028! This shit should be fixed! (laughs) Um, But, you know, maybe it ended up on the cutting room floor. Also... I did want to drag you in this. Uh, in your opening song, you referred to it as the year 2020. I did it because it rhymed. Because it was closest thing to, like, okay. family 2020. That was what it, that's what okay. I was hoping for. And I I know and I, I ran the song by Dave, and he said it's 2022. And I was like, it doesn't sound, it doesn't <laughs> sound as good. I couldn't. Uh, we moved on from it, but I could immensely I couldn't let it go until I um, confronted you. Thank you. It. No, I appreciate it. And I love a good confrontation. Yeah. Um, also, I thought it was really funny that, like, the police uniforms in this movie look like they are literally styrofoam. Like, the vest that all the police are wearing, <laughs> they, they... Don't look, look like Kevlar. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're giving, they're giving flimsy. 
Yeah, they're um, giving high school theater budget vibes. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly the kind of shit we'd be doing. Wrapping some styrofoam in fucking fabric and hoping for the best. Somebody's mom working in, working in the costume shop in the back should be getting paid. Being like, not. this is our riot gear. It's like, that's what riot are you surviving? Exactly. That's, uh, yeah, that's not what's supposed to be happening. But we don't have money in the budget, so we're doing what we have to do. But there was a couple points where it wrinkled. They were, like, running around, and I saw that the vests were wrinkled. And I was like, somebody needs to be honest. Where's a continuity person? <laughs> well, apparently everything went into the robo suit, which caused... Oh, I saw that, yeah. Half a million to a million dollars. I guess it's, like, I don't know how much, but somewhere within that range, which is crazy. That scene, okay, also early early in the movie, the gang is, like, running away from uh, the cops, and they're, like, in the back of this, like, I don't know, it's almost like oh, some sort of wagon or something, I don't know, but the, it has these two big doors in the back of it, it's like the truck that they're all in. A van? It's it's not it's it's more than a van. Are you searching though. for the word of Are you searching for the word van? You no, wagon? I'm searching for the word new best what friend. Is this Oregon? Trail? Thank you, Dave. Thank you for being helpful. Red truck. There we go. Okay, well that's a truck or a van. There's no no. There's no tr- nobody's like oh go load up the bread van. That's not what they're saying over at the Wonder Bread Factory, you clown. <laughs> what are they saying? You don't fucking know what they're saying. They're saying, saying, the they're saying hey, go bring that bread truck around, Randy. We got to load it up to deliver bread. And if Randy was yeah. like, oh, let you me go grab no the idea. everybody. And if Randy was he- like, oh, let me go grab the van, then they'd be like, where are you going on break? Because you're not coming around because we can't load that up. Well, if anybody asked for the wagon, they'd be like, sorry, I can't help you. I'm dying of just, what is it? What, what is, is it? it? That's the question. In Oregon Trail, you're dying of like dysteria or something. Is that the word? <laughs> so anyway, back to the episode. So the so the bread truck that they're dysentery. Um, so the bread truck that they're in, uh, where Curtis, he's one of the bad guys, and he gets shot in the leg, and like Boddicker, like looks like he's excited about it, and like he's like on the ground, and he's been shot in the leg a million times because nobody ever gets shot. No, but no, no person's whole movie was like, oh, I got shot once uh, everybody nope. gets decimated by bullets so he gets like shot 15 Swiss fucking cheese yeah he gets shot like 15 times in the leg and then Boddicker like gets this smirk on his face and then he tells them to throw his body at the cop car behind him and there's something about like there's a it's like he's being punished for taking bullets for the team and there's a moment where he looks at Boddicker and he's like no no please don't and it's just like there's something about like a man who's been wounded like in the service of like protecting the gang looking at like the gang leader and being like just like just don't like just don't kill me that's all he's asking just don't disrespect my like dying body (laughs) I have put my life on the line for you and this gang and I understand that we maybe don't have what are called the most you know moralistic intentions around here but we're working together with dignity in the back of this bread truck Um, and uh, (laughs) don't throw me don't throw my body Clarence who famously played Red on that 70s show. Yes. He looks him in the face and he says, honey, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm not hearing it. And he (laughs) he makes them chuck his body like a softball at that cop car and it slams into the windshield. (laughs) And then he rolls off of the cop car and he's on the side of the road. And I was like, he doesn't look dead though. And Dave was like, no, he's still alive. And I was like, that's even worse. Like he's just been mangled and mauled and he's just like left in like the unforgiving old Detroit sun to cook (laughs) 
um, he was officially dead weight, and they were done with him. They were like, yeah. "You've got one more purpose, and that's a human shield, baby." Uh, <laughs> and if you do heal, we'll leave you for the cops, so that you're going straight. To yeah, you'll lick your wounds and then the the slammer, bud. Um, but that was really funny. But also, it was like, okay, I guess we know Clarence is a savage. Um, yeah. Well, that was the thing about like, okay, so first of all, this is another case of mistaken identity for me, because. <laughs> Tara was like, oh, that's Red from um, that 70s show. And I was like, oh, I didn't watch that show. But when I first saw him, I thought it was uh, Ron Howard's brother. Mm. <laughs> I can't remember. Clint Howard. Name. Clint. I thought it was Clint Howard. Um, and then the guy who's driving the band, th- driving, sorry, the bread truck with the red hair and the jacket. I was like, it's Ron Howard. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I love you. I love you trying to make and implicate the Howard brothers in this movie. (laughs) Giving them parts that they don't want or need. Tara's like, "Uh, are you sure? And I was like, no, I'm not. And then I realized, okay, no, that's not Ron Howard. That is the doctor from ER that kind of looks like Ron Howard. Um, Otherwise known as, gosh, what's his name? I keep forgetting it. Um, Paul McCrane. Also, yeah. So no. By the way, do you remember that VMAs where Clint Howard like won like the like Lifetime Achievement Award or whatever? It was like the Video Movie Awards, the MTV Video <laughs> Movie Awards. Do you remember that? No. They like gave him like a Lifetime Achievement Award because he'd had so many like substantial like character roles in movies and, and they has, sort of like done a great go job. through his career but he was like so it was just like I remember that as a kid he was so touched like you could just tell he was a person who had never oh. like really felt appreciated at least like career wise but he well, like when your brother's and, Ron Howard too it's like you're sort of like I mean although I mean that's part where a lot of those roles came from was Ronnie taking care of family you know yeah. so <laughs> well you know. I mean Clint has a particular look um, What's and, that look? You know, like a character actor look. You know, he's what not. What does that someone... mean? <laughs> what do you mean by character actor? He is someone who you don't necessarily think of as like. Um, I know Guy Pierce is a Guy Pierce is a character actor. Okay, well, it's sort of a different, <laughs> sort of a different vibe from Javier Bardem, another character actor. I think those two would be called upon to lead a movie. Um, and Rami Malek, great character <laughs> actor this generation. What do you mean by character actor, though? Um, I mean his face has a lot of character. Is what I mean, and some and that lends itself to a lot of interesting parts. I've seen Daniel Craig do a lot of character <laughs> roles too. He has a very soulful face. Um, mm. Is that what you mm. mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I so mean you think Clint, Clint Howard, Howard and, and Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig are probably both auditioning for movies same and stuff. career. Yep, Do you think that Clint Howard got an audition for Knives Out? I think he probably was like, look, let's save it for the younger generation. And, you know, give my boy, <laughs> Danny Craig, a call because I have been working nonstop and it's time for me to spend time with my family. What was the last thing he did before Knives Out? Because he was working Who? nonstop. Clint Who? Howard. Oh, tip, 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 click, click, <laughs> click, 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 clicking away. Um, uh, I'm sure he's busy. I'm sure. Yeah, we know you're I busy. I don't follow his career. You're busy right closely. now. Shoveling. Just shoveling. 
as um, you know, he's got stuff in production in 2022, so I'm not worried about him. Okay. So three things, three things in 2021. Also, I thought it was really. I read that apparently um, the female, the female police officer in the movie, um, that haircut that they gave her was a problem, and they did it on purpose. And they said they did it to like desexualize her, and it's like the disrespect. The disrespect. Also, also, it doesn't desexual. It like it doesn't like that is such a like. Nobody having like, short hair does not make you no. I don't know what that means to desexualize. It means it was 1987 and a bunch of men <laughs> making decisions. You know who? You know who? You know who I get least hard for? <laughs> Girls with short hair. <laughs> Girls with short, short hair. hair. But what about Mia like, Farrow? She's a hottie. Yeah, but she's too smart. She seems smart. <laughs> That's what short hair means. They re- she's oh. Woody's girl. Don't mess with her. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on with me tonight, but I'm being very inappropriate. I also I don't appreciate Dave said. Dave, I don't. Dave said don't take the bait, Jane. I don't like yeah, that. I don't like that narrative. Me. I don't like this narrative where I'm like gaslighting you and I'm trying to lead you into water so that you'll say that you're a huge Woody Allen fan and you think no, that no, he's no. been no 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 that was that was in reference to, to the Clint Howard stuff not the Woody Allen oh stuff. yeah I did bait yeah, you there. you were baiting me on that so let's yeah, no. call yeah <laughs> call I'm, always, I'm, I'm always just you know throwing out a little you, bait you, just to see what happens you bait me a lot <laughs> not me getting upset and then basically confirming it <laughs> You know, you like having a moment with it and then be like, oh, no, I do do that. <laughs> no, that is me. I just like to see what you'll say. I just like to ask the tough questions because I know some of the listeners are probably like, hmm, interesting. What does she mean by what does she mean by character face? Because um, I've never seen anybody who I've never had a friend who was like, do you think I'm beautiful? And then you're like, I think you have such a like character look. <laughs> <laughs> and that person not cry more. I've never seen that happen. Um, you give off like character vibes. You are you are giving supporting character in such a you are you can't big way. you can't lead a movie, but you bring a lot of weight to it. Um, and uh, uh, gravitas is what I mean. <laughs> Leads are boring. You only need one scene. You're a one and doneer. You get in, you make your impact, and you're out. You're Judy tell me, Dench and Shakespeare. Tell me, love. tell me, tell me again who won an Oscar with one scene? Hmm, Miss Viola Davis. No, she didn't. But I thought was it was nom- one she scene. Was, she was nominated for 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 a doubt. Yeah, but she didn't win. She didn't win. Um, I literally have no knowledge of the Oscars and who won. No, you. That's Whatever. fine. You're good. You don't owe anybody anything, Jane. I love you just the way you are, and I always will. Um, that really turned into something that I was surprised to hear. Because I didn't think that my lack of knowledge on the Oscars meant that you didn't love me. But then you sort of said, no, I still love you. And that made me Jane. feel like Brandon. Janie. Brandon. I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who are probably thinking, what's he doing hanging out with that clown? <laughs> and I'm here to say, don't you worry about what I do. <laughs> so can we, can we talk about... Um, the the conference room meeting at we, OCP. I think legally we have to discuss it. I think yeah. legally we have to talk about that. And it's the first time we meet um, the ED to Ed 209. Yeah, Ed 209. Ed 209. Um, Dick Jones, vice president, and then the president. What's the, what's the president's name? They refer to him as the old man. 
um, multiple is, times in the movie, which also is saying something. Somebody call because, HR. <laughs> well, also, Dick Jones looks like an octogenarian, so I'm like, who are you calling all, boo? I know. Y'all look like y'all went to high school and graduated together. <laughs> it's very confusing. If he was, this, if he was the valedictorian in the class, you were the mascot, baby. <laughs> you've been rubbing elbows. You've been rubbing elbows since since grade school. So let's calm it with the with the old man. With the old man, the clownery. Um. So this this is a meeting that ends in just straight up murder. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it's like a big room filled with mostly white men. His name is literally the old man, by the way. That's his name. Oh, it is. Okay, so he doesn't have an official name. No, no, no. So, the old man. Um, And (laughs) what we see is he, Dick Jones, asks someone to be a volunteer to test out the Ed 209 to see how... It works, and it malfunctions, and literally again shoots him up you're, like Swiss you, cheese. You okay? Hold on. So you didn't paint the picture though. So we've got this boardroom. He just wants yes. to show off this droid that he has. This droid is supposed to be policing of the future. This droid mm-hmm. represents, um, you know, the future of the future of law enforcement, and it would mean that like officers wouldn't be necessarily having to put themselves in like the line of duty because, as we said earlier, old Detroit. Um, the crime is rampant um, mm-hmm. and the good police of old Detroit are trying to do their best, but they are just outnumbered. So this, this droid would effectively be able to go into these combat situations and these heightened situations and deescalate it partially. I think the idea is like just by the threat of it because of like its presence, because of its size. Um, but also if need be, it is prepared to engage with the public in like a certain way. So it, it, so it has the potential to be, like, really successful. So he has volunteers come up. He's like, hey, you pretend to be, like, you know, the perpetrator of some kind of, like, violent offense. A person who is, like, attempting to do, like, a stick-up. And then we're going to have the droid come in and we're going to have a light little mock, you know, presentation where we get to see the way that the presence of the droid is enough to sort of disarm a person who maybe had nefarious intent initially. So they open the door. Um... On the past. First of of all, Dick Jones pulls out a gun in a meeting from a red velvet box. Because who doesn't bring a gun to a meeting? And hands it to one of the guys, the guy who happily volunteered for this kind of thing. And then, sorry, I just wanted to... No, no, yeah, no. He hands him a real gun. And he says, here you go, fam. Um, Feel that weight. Feel that lead in your hand. Uh, and he gives him the gun, and he's like, "We're gonna do the little little skit." Then the droid comes in, um, and it's it's giving that like nineteen eighties claymation fantasy is what it's giving. Yeah, um, it's like stop motion. Motion, yeah, stop motion, yeah. and he trudges in the room, um, and uh, then you know does what it, it, the ED, Ed two hundred nine is successful and disarms. There's there's a disengagement that happens. And, you know, this is really the part where everybody should be taking their bows and preparing to, like, go home to greet mm-hmm. their families. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the cards were stacked differently for our volunteer today. Uh, <laughs> because due to a quote-unquote malfunction with mm-hmm. the droid, uh, it turns into the the final scene of Set It Off. And <laughs> Ed 209 Oh, my God. That made me sad. 
I know, it's such a good movie. It's such Um, a good movie, and that final scene is really heartbreaking. It's so good. Everybody's so good in that movie. God, I wept in that movie as a child. Oh my God, (sighs) me too. Um... Uh, I want to watch oh that movie again. Do you remember that time we were okay? We actually rewatched Set It Off a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and there's a scene in Set It Off where like they're sort of casing one of the banks, and they send Kimberly Elise in, and she's just supposed to be doing re- recon work. Mm-hmm. And like we, <laughs> they like they go into the bank, and like Kimberly Elise is she couldn't be standing out more. She's literally <laughs> she's mouth agape. She's quivering as she walks through the bank. She's Staring on every every police officer. She's like literally sweating buckets if she could. Like it was. It's a really funny, <laughs> unintentionally funny scene because it's just like this wasn't the best choice, guys. Um, no. But that's the that's the moment here. And not only does he shoot this man because you may think to yourself, oh, like a single bullet, maybe it's superficial. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. N- no, it's carnage. He <laughs> shoots this man is shot. I swear to you, he shot like fifty times. Like. A, first once. of all, just in terms of efficiency for a police force, what a waste of ammo. I, I, that's my first thought. My that's the running thought, theme of the whole movie. Is we're just yeah. going through bullets. Y'all keep talking about how much money you don't have, even though you got a whole as robot. But <laughs> you guys are like lighting everybody up. There's so much overkill in this movie. And it's like, and, and you're shooting to kill. This isn't like, I'll shoot you in the knee so that you're debilitated. It's like, I... Everyone in this movie has a semi-automatic weapon, and they are literally making holes in human bodies. It's oh, jarring. absolutely no. You're leaving without a face. They'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, they he kills a man. Um, and, he kills and a man also- in a meeting, and there's no. And the thing too is that after that, first of all, it's total chaos when he's doing it. There's also the sound of like. 35 women screaming at the top of their lungs and I don't think there's one single woman in this courtroom I mean in this boardroom (laughs) (laughs) it's like where is that shrieking coming from (laughs) but whatever we we had a track that we put in (laughs) did you notice though that also like a handful of men are unfazed like they're just annoyed like there's a couple of men who after all of this is happening as the body's being brought out like they there's one there's one man i think it's dick jones who's still sitting this is, this dick is jones is still is, sitting at the table putting in his lunch order he could not <laughs> he be he goes up bothered. to i think it's the president and has like a conversation about what like next steps are and he wants oh is that is it Dick Jones or Bob? I don't remember. I think it's Dick Jones. Well, either way, there are people who are moving on with their day when they've just witnessed as this a, man's as this man's death tragedy. rattle echoes through the room. <laughs> and they're trying to organize a memorial. And these and these these dudes these dudes are ready for lunch. Yeah, and they're like, "So what are we going to do? Who are we going to show this to?" blah blah blah, and it's like Oh my God! We're just moving. Can we on wheel with the remains of his carcass out of here? Can we make? Can somebody inform his widow that things are going to be going a little bit differently tonight at home? That she can put that serving of meatloaf back in the refrigerator because she'll be eating it tomorrow. And because she's going to have you, to play Santa this year, Christmas. Exactly. You can't have her brother-in-law do it. Not with those charges he's got. Can't be near the tots. So it's really wild the way that they it's deal with this the situation. Most insane they don't deal with it. They don't. They don't deal with it. it. There's no HR department at any point. 
You can't. No. And that's why I said earlier, I don't understand how you expect anybody to come back to work. These people thought they were coming in for a cute little meeting and then they were going to dip out, probably have a cute little weekend with some friends. You also, just saw a man. You just saw a man explode in front of you. <laughs> Everybody who like, left this room is giving entrails. They're, it's, it's all over their bodies. Giving entrails. You are forever changed by this meeting. No. I mean, you're going to have to be working with a therapist for years. And you I know it's not covered. You know it's not covered. You know it's not covered. This country, I'm sure they don't have, ugh, you know, a post-apocalyptic Detroit in 2028. No, I'm sure that's a real life. That's a real life insurance insurance policy. And if you do well, get to go see. We know mental health isn't prioritized because they're no. sinking all this money into robot cops. Yeah, which, which is checks not out. what some we things, need. Some things haven't <laughs> changed. And you know if they do yeah. give you a therapist, it's going to be. It's going to be one of them like um, fucking Bob Newhart over there. And it's like, I don't need light, dry banter. I need like somebody who's prepared to do the deep work with me. I got some demons I'm dealing with. I need um, like a woman who's 60 plus that wears a lot of turquoise that's like done ayahuasca at least four times. Exactly. And who's going to hold me and scream it's not your fault over and over again. Um, we're going to do some deep digging. Um yeah, it's a lot. Also, okay, so in RoboCop, also, so our our Alex Murphy, um, I guess you know if if the definition of just taking the L. Um, oh, I, Alex Murphy is the cop who dies who turns into RoboCop. Yeah. I couldn't remember his name. It's I was like, you who looked, the hell is you, Alex so Murphy? Quick, you looked so quizzically at me. Because um, I was like, who's that person? You were like, what movie are we doing this week? Um, <laughs> Alex Murphy, he's been re- he's been recently like assigned um, to this precinct, so he's you know he's a newbie. Yeah, and he's his first newbie. day of work is wild. This is, yeah, first day on the job. I guess nobody really knows you yet, so there's not a lot of you know pain for people to process once they lose you. Um, and Nancy, <laughs> fucking fish food on day one. Absolutely, they were done with him. Uh, he, um, but him and Lewis are partnered together and they go out and they're, you know, facing down Boddicker and his gang, his gang also on a side note, just so you like that they want you to remember not to take these men seriously because they give them, they give them the craziest laugh. Um, it's, you know who it is. It's giving Joker is what it's giving. It's giving Joker. And it's so like, all the all the people who are like quote unquote criminals in this movie or quote unquote the bad guys in this movie act like psychotic uh, hyenas. Like yeah. they're just every time they commit a crime, they're like <laughs> and like like laughing at death and murder. And it's like it's really giving like vilifying people who do bad things vibes where it's like there cannot be like a good person who does something bad there's only like psychotic crazy people who break the law or who hurt other people which we know is not true but it's definitely part of that like 80s like Mentality where it's like there's the there's the good guys and there's the bad guys and there can't ever be like a full person, you know. It's also like it's also this sort of like all-consuming like blind wrath where it's like it's just doled out to anyone and it's no rhyme <laughs> or reason to it. Like they're just here to murder. And so true. The scene in which Alex Murphy, who I did not know, I've never seen this before. I didn't realize Alex Murphy was gonna be our RoboCop. I honestly, for real, for real, I thought that Droid was the RoboCop at the beginning of the movie, and I was like. <laughs> 
oh god they can't you can't show too much of this this is like the shark and jaws you really just want to get in and out with this you know you don't want to spend too much time showing people stuff they don't need to see let's just let's let's build the fear through anticipation and let's like have a lot of scenes where people are seeing the thing but nobody's actually seeing the thing because right little nuggets we don't want to show it too much well the ed 209 is also just like it it's a it blows my mind that dick jones rides or dies for that thing it's like his baby because it is not efficient (laughs) it's not efficient and also it makes no literally for some reason the noises they picked for it was like just like a velociraptor touching down it It squeals it was like why is this the noise and Um, that's and that's a full machine like you understand if robocop like makes noises like a human because he's half human yeah no that's different but the no, Ed 209 yeah. is like, ah, like squealing. <laughs> but <laughs> when but it's in, in the final fight, when he's like, you sure. know, when he's like debilitated by his one kryptonite stairs. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't like, think it through. Slammed on his back and, you know, giving us like turtle on its shell vibes. It's literally squealing like but, a pig. But what are they positing then that like, in, a, in like a combat situation where this thing was actually loosed on the public like if, <laughs> if it came upon like a group of bank robbers they would like just hear like the noise of like a Tyrannosaurus Rex like having an orgasm like coming around the corner <laughs> and then like like what's why is that the noise I don't why is know. there any noise really why is there any noise but and also, I would yeah I don't know any criminal who hears <laughs> And it needs to be able to enter into buildings. It's too big to go into buildings. Why is it so big? This this design is so flawed. (laughs) And the thing is, it's one thing for, like, Dick Jones has spent all this money. But it's also, like, you need to be willing to hear critique, baby. (laughs) Because you are in a a business where you're creating something new. You need to be able to be flexible and change things. And what Dick Jones says is, it's perfect the way I made it, even though it murdered one of my coworkers. Also, it's, like, it's repeatedly failing and he's still like he couldn't be standing harder for it and it's like every situation you put it in there's a blunder and he keeps even the whole movie he's like let me go get the droid it's like is some, did something new happen between the last time it messed up and now or are we just getting it out for a new blunder for it to be a part of like I don't understand what this energy is that you have because none of us have seen this droid win one time no and it's like but six he, tons of like bullshit metal that like will absolutely murder anybody in its sight regardless of whether you stand down or not <laughs> exactly and you've like hooked it up with like it sounds like one of the characters from Land Before Time and you can't wait to like get your friend girly fantasy going and you're just like we're gonna get baby boy I, I know what's gonna solve these problems we're gonna get that droid that fucked everything up earlier watch this watch what happens how about that it's like, it's like oh, Dick Jones okay. can't not see himself in the game and it's like you've lost the game like well you, you need you it, need yeah you need a new you need a new a new character to to bet on because this isn't going to be it and i feel like maybe a more interesting use of time instead of killing people would have been for you to get maybe like a little think tank together and like sort of start spitballing ways that we can like pivot we're clearly not worried well, about this PR is, this is what this is what happens when um you know white men on the top don't listen to anybody else you know it's this I mean this is a white man's game this whole movie they're the ones making the decisions they got that oh. police captain in there but he is very cl- clearly reminded he's black 
every and second. Do, and yeah. he better shut up. And the police captain, the first scene with the police captain, he's just like, he's angry for no reason. The police captain comes in and he busts in those doors and he's already pissed. So it's like one of those situations where like his wife said the, said his brother's name when they were having sex the night before. And he just gets <laughs> he can't to work. shake it. He's like, I'm not, I'm not Leroy. Never have been, never will be. Get out of my way, bitch. It's like, excuse me, sir? Whoa. Well, one thing I did notice in this movie is that, and I wrote this and I was like, everyone is really fucking rude to each other. Yeah. The only. (laughs) It's so true. Everyone is talking to. Everyone talks to. Talks to each other like they've offended them. Yeah, like they've offended them in a way that is irreversible, whether they're working together or not. It's like just the there's no the only pleasant conversation happens, um, surprise, surprise, from the one female cop in the movie Anne, where she's just nice and soothing and cares about Robocop slash Alex Murphy. Everyone else is like, You're a waste of time. Get out of my way. I'm gonna rob a convenience store. Like it's just like everyone is on like eleven all the time. Also, I just like more like not this I mean, it's fine. The movie's fine. But not like I just love that like there's obviously like our one female character has to do like the emotional labor of like of dealing yeah. with like all of these like men who are just like disproportionately angry. There's of also <laughs> this moment in the movie after okay, before I get into that, so we have so we have um Lewis uh, our female, our female police officer Lewis, and we have Murphy, and they are going into, um, and then they said like a lot of this was them sort of like this movie was in response to sort of um, the the desolation, you know, and this idea of like what happened to the Rust Belt, like you know, a- as technology came into play, and as a lot of these factories closed down, so they use mm-hmm. the factories a lot, and like that's based in these movies to I think sort of like indicate a kind of like decay. Um, okay, and Detroit and, was like a city that really oh, suffered from yeah. that for sure. Absolutely, they went and bankrupt so, in like like ten years ago. Yeah, like, yeah, in 2013, I think it was they like declared bankruptcy. But I, I mean, I actually don't know, really know what's going on in Detroit now, but I do think it's doing better. But it's it's famously been a city that has struggled a lot. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and so, I mean, like, you understand why this kind of post-apocalyptic movie would be, like, set in Detroit. But it doesn't, like, paint it in the best light where it's, like, everyone is carrying around a weapon and everyone's a criminal. Like, that is such a... You're either, yeah, you're either a police officer or you're a criminal. Um, right. And there's there's also... There's this moment where they're going in, they're looking for Boddicker and the gang. They get to this warehouse. Um... And they, like, don't empower, like, Lewis at all as a character. Like, one of the gang members Mm -hmm. is just pissing. um, Our boy Joey. Our boy Joey. And she approaches him, and he disarms her like it couldn't have been easier for him. Yeah. And then he pushes her over, like... she's not a trained cop. (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird. And then he pushes her over a balcony, and she falls, like, on, like, a cushioned surface, which is clearly cushioned. And then he goes back to the gang, and he says, I killed her. And it's like, you need to know that that's not what a dead body looks like, sir. Because it's like, it's one or the other with these, like, things. It's like, I either push you softly and declare you dead, or I shoot at you for six full minutes without stopping and unload an entire clip into you. It's like, there's nothing There's in no nope. in between. He literally pushes her into a McDonald's ball pit. 
and then declares her deceased, reads her her last rites, and then goes back to the gang with a funeral program. And he says, <laughs> I killed her. I buried her. She's in a this is place. where her, her tombstone her tombstone's back there. Um, and she couldn't be more alive. Like, she actually looks like she kind of had, like, a little fun. She, like, lets out a giggle when she hits the the soft surface. <laughs> she's like, um, ooh, it's just, like, falling on clouds. She, she, she does that Pillsbury Doughboy giggle when she um, <laughs> hits the cushion surface. And then he goes back to the gang. He's like, so she's deceased. She couldn't be deader. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. And then uh, Murphy, um, our soon-to-be RoboCop, uh is tortured by them. The first thing that happens is that he they disarm him, they get him on the ground, then Boniker shoots him in the arm. One bullet blows his arm off. It um, blows his hand off. It blows it's his just- hand off. And also, by the way, when people, the other thing to note strangely in this movie is when people get shot, they don't really make noise. It's That's one of the oh, weirdest and the creepiest things. When when Murphy gets shot in the arm, he goes like, he, he's like, oh, Ooh. And it's like, no, this isn't like a breeze that happened when somebody opened the door on like a on like a frosty morning. Your hand is gone, sir. And he's like, ooh. And I'm like, I hate it. Like, why aren't you screaming? Nobody you screams. Be screaming bloody murder. Like that's he, it, insane. it's awful. And then he's silent. He gets shot. He goes like, ooh. And then he's done. No more noises. And then he like tries to get up, and it's like the weirdest thing, which is guess maybe. Maybe that's what Paul Verhoeven, the the director um, of this movie, directed Total mm-hmm. Recall and lots of other really like big films. Um, yeah, he's Predator, a big director. Um, and uh, but he like he doesn't make any noise and he's just like moving away from them, like slinking away. And I'm like, that's I'm so confused because at that point I was like, is he a human? That was when I thought, is this person a human or is this a robot? Because he mm-hmm. wasn't making noise and it weirded me out. And <laughs> then they proceeded, they shoot him. More times than any person has ever been shot. They shoot him so many times. Every gang member <laughs> unloads their weapon into him. And he's just literally going, oh, oh. And then they're done shooting him. And somehow he's still alive. And I think at some point they say, like, the the everyone everyone's laughing like a hyena. This is super fun for them. This is, like, a joy for them. So they're like, it, it's just, it's the most absurd scene. Because apparently, you know, Alex Murphy can't... It, can like withstand all of that and stay alive and they are enjoying themselves like they are on a roller coaster you know at Six Flags it was a room full of boners I'm almost certain <laughs> everybody's really getting off on this and then finally Boddicker shoots him in the head and that seems to do the trick um, but then he's still somehow alive because they're like taking him to the hospital and at one point somebody's like we're gonna get him in stable condition I'm like are you? You got a time machine? <laughs> well, what's his name? The uh, A, like this hospital room where they do this like transformation. So as a viewer, you just get like, you see it through Alex his Murphy's POV. eyes, his point of view. So he's like in and out and you just see these like quick scenes. You can hear the doctor speaking who sounds so matter of fact when he is treating a patient who's been shot 375 times and he's like uh we're good we're doing everything we can for him yeah he's gonna be okay and like 
I like, was like, can there be a little bit more like, I don't know, urgency in your voice? A little you bit of fire, maybe. Yeah. Lift it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, lift it a little bit. I just, it was so casual to me. And it was like, this is emergency surgery to save a person's life. And you're like, okay, time of death, call it. And then you get this um, visual of Bob, the vice, uh, a guy who works under Dick Jones, who I think he's the one who created RoboCop. Yes. And he goes, he signed the release forms when he joined the force. He's legally dead. We can do pretty much whatever we want to him. That's a direct quote. I wrote that down because I was like, this hospital room has got to be the scariest place on earth. It is. It's wild. West. I can hear and interpret and understand what you're saying. I can't do a fucking thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no. They're, like, all in the hospital. And apparently family has not been called no. um, to the scene. Um, <laughs> to make decisions about to, their loved to one. To make decisions about the about their loved one. And he's in the room. The doctor, in the same breath, says he's absolutely going to make it to the morgue, apparently. He just died. <laughs> it's like, what are the... <laughs> promises you were making sir <laughs> then you find out he's just like an orderly it's like you're a candy striper what are you even doing like, in you here you are literally just spouting out shit you don't know you are qualified to dole out orange juice and that is it so you need to get out of here and stop signing forms what did you, who gave you permission to sign that do not resuscitate um so then they're like there's also the woman who's in the room she keeps like she's really like lobbing hard for him to keep his arm did you notice that? yes yeah she's like oh we saved his left arm and then Bob comes in. He's like, what did I say? Make them all robot. Lose the arm. But she says it like three or four times. She keeps being like, what about that arm though? And he's like, enough. Get rid of it. And she's like, but what about Come on, lady. She's like, but what about, a, what, a, what about a world where we don't get rid of it? And he's like, well, we don't have to think about that because we're living in a world where we're going to cut it off. Yeah, no, I know that. And I'm absolutely down with it. But... Let's keep it on. We're not going to do that. We're going to go ahead and get rid of it. Yeah, but if it was opposite day, what would you say? I said keep it on. I think that's the way to go. Damn it, you tricked me. Um, so, yeah, he's like, he wants this arm gone. Almost too much, though, too. It's like, why do you want it gone that bad? Why? Um, because I think he wants the whole robo outfit to be worn. He it's just like, yeah, he's got he's got the outfit made and he's like it's mm-hmm. not gonna look as cute if he's got if he's got a human arm. If he's got a human arm, uh-uh, that throws off the whole symmetry and the Met Gala is coming up. So <laughs> we need everything to be you heard that it's Robocop themed this right. it's it Robocop is. themed this year. So Yeah, I'm actually I'm hosting it. I'm hosting it. Oh, and are you gonna uh-huh. cut your hair like uh Lewis? I am because I do feel that I am exuding um, a sexuality that is dangerous. And I've been talking about your sexuality. You've been talking about your sexuality a lot lately. Mm-hmm. It's last dangerous. episode. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, it should I be think, illegal. I agree with that. <laughs> it should be what? Illegal. Illegal to be as sexy and exude sexiness as much as I do. No, the delusion. <laughs> Um, so moving on. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so they decide that they're going to keep him and he's literally, his eyes are open and they're just screaming, cut his arm off. And he's like, I don't know what he's, it's, just, it's a lot. Um, and then and they, they successfully get him all like set up and then they have a party in the hospital room in front. Do you notice that? There's yes, like a, I did. But also, so is the POV, so is the POV then that he's just sitting there dead with his eyes <laughs> fixed on like 
what's happening like just moving around in like limbo i guess until like (laughs) the earth decides if it like if if he gets to stay on it or if it's time to to transition like he is just like he's sitting there with eyes open watching this party well we don't know what his eyes look like but we can see but his pov is our pov yeah, but they install the RoboCop like visor, oh, so it's like yeah, right. we're seeing through that lens. So it's like he's already been made into RoboCop, but like he's still a patient. He's still recovering, and he can see people partying in his hospital room. And it's like, can you take it out to the break room at least to celebrate? Also, like, who is also who is just. Who is just partying? This is some new science stuff. We've never seen anything like this before. Some you of you should successful. Also, is it was his was Murphy's paperwork even put through all the way? This is his first day. Have we taken? Can we cross <laughs> every T and dot every I? My goodness, it is just like it is. It's too much. And it's he's just in the room. Much. He's just in the room, just watching. Eyes, eyes open, just just taking it all in. Um, they get him quickly. I, I was not clear how much of his body was in this robot because it looked to me like it's it was just so a head. unclear. It, it looks looked like to me like it was just a head. Well, I love the reveal because it was like they like had him like you could see him walking down the the hallway of the police station through the like misty glass, but you couldn't see him. And then finally, you get you know the full Robocop fantasy, which we all just because it's such a part of like, you know, the culture, we've all seen what Robocop looks like. And he does look fully metal and it does look like it's just his head that's still attached. And maybe they need his brain to function. But I mean he eats he eats that diarrhea stuff, right? So he no, has he to have the, some the organs. But then it's like, does Robocop poop? Well, but also, if all of this is going on, though, then what was all of the to-do about the arm? If all you wanted was the neck and the head? Then why don't you just <laughs> say know. that shit in the room? Why are we having <laughs> this conversation about the arm when literally all you want, you want gullet, you want gullet to the top of the head? So I don't know why we're even entertaining this idea of keeping his arm. He's just like, yeah, you can keep his arm on the lower half of his body that I don't need. But it just made no sense. And later on, I was like, is this just literally his face that y'all took off? What okay, is going we on? Have, we have an update from Dave. He said he's a robot, but we're just seeing what his blank mind is seeing. He is like a computer that's just being turned on. The software hasn't necessarily been booted up. Okay. But then, like, later, his, like, memories are, like, interspersed with... Robocop. Yeah, there's mine they too. Mention, so it's like, there is mm-hmm. some semblance of like consciousness of Alex Murphy. They also they mention in the movie that his memory has been wiped, but apparently they did a janky ass job. Um because, because it keeps coming back. Because the trauma and everything, also, everything keeps flickering in. I do I do wanna I do wanna I, I we did sort of brush over a question that I had, which you okay. certainly refused to answer. I'm and sorry. I asked you you do you think robocop poops i don't know i didn't see any scenes of him taking a shit so me neither but he's eating but who knows maybe what that probably that could be like you know some sort of like i don't know castor oil or something just maybe just lubricates like you know the joints and stuff in his body maybe they just give him that so he feels human but you saw it it's like baby diarrhea baby food maybe but maybe it tastes like motor oil or something that one dude said it tastes like baby food but he could be an idiot but if you're ingesting something, it has to come out, right? 
in some way. Either maybe he when he's, turns that food into like a gas or something like that. Or, or maybe he has a hole in the bottom. And maybe as he eats it, it just drops through the hole and just splatters on the ground. <laughs> Why the fuck would you eat it? So that he what can feel he like a human. <laughs> no. So you'd be like, ooh, it's food time. And you come in the room and like, he has he has organs. I think I I truly think Robocop poops. And I that's a hill I'm willing to die on. But we don't talk that about checks that. Out. That seems you would die on a shitty hill. <laughs> because <laughs> I wonder if he uses that chair that he like sort of like I mean if he's shitting, I'm not like creating a special toilet for him. And he poops in that chair. Why is he taking dumps though? I don't like it doesn't make because sense. Because he's unnecessary. Eating. Oh my god! It is just like sludge, though, Jane. It could just go in and evaporate or something. Sometimes, I, you know, wh- you maybe it's a coolant I... that keeps like the motor, like his body, from like getting too hot. Maybe it's more like something like that, like a uh, you know, less than like a real food. But if the other cop could eat it, then it is human food. That cop could have been a clown. We don't know anything about him. He could have been a damn liar. I just feel like Robocop poops, and I feel like you're not willing to have that. And you feel like those scenes end up on the director's the director's floor of him like walking in and being like, Robocop boo boo now. <laughs> I'm just saying this movie was under two hours. They could have included in it, so I didn't have to wonder. You know, what him wiping his ass. Also, if he's messing around with liquids and stuff coming out of his ass, it's gonna rust over. You're gonna mess up. The, you're gonna corrode corrosion and Honey, stuff. Honey, that's the least of his problems. He can't. Oh he can't walk. He can't walk in any normal way. He's the slowest walker I've ever seen. He um, doesn't have great mobility with that suit. Although they really try to make us think that he does. But really he just shows up and shoots people. Did you like did you like when they like tried to make us believe that that man was in that car that regular ass like <laughs> issued police car standard issued police car in that full RoboCop uniform and I was just sitting here like who do y'all think y'all are fooling there's no way in the world that this no man like literally RoboCop you know comes, he had like boxers and socks on him no RoboCop comes into RoboCop comes into the police station new attitude he's really feeling himself and they literally first of all nobody explains I love how like the police chief at one point is literally just like what's happening like he just wants to know what like there's a robot with a human face here and they're like my damn business it's like what it's like this Actually, my this is official police business. This couldn't be more my business. I run this precinct. You have to tell me what's going on. And or at he least be like, know, there's a whole does Robocop poop? That is true. I did hear him ask that um, about Robocop, you know. Or, or when he came out, he was angry. He was like, who shat all over the floor? The damn break room. And so he was like, it was RC. <laughs> R.C. Our boy R.C. <laughs> you know R.C. is wild. He had some of that. He had some of that boo 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 on, and he couldn't hold it. It runs right through him. <laughs> you a wild boy, R.C. You a wild boy. It's just like the break room, just covered in feces. We get that one scene. Just like take a this take Starbucks away. bathroom. Just to take away the. You talking about me from that time I had to clean that shit in the bathroom? I worked at Starbucks. Oh, that was so was so disrespectful. Never I can't again. believe I can't believe you didn't quit on the spot. I Good can't believe you. I didn't quit either because Good I'm a fool and because I didn't even think about you that had, being an option. I you had no money. You oh, had no money. No. You needed that job. That's the thing. It was like I was like I 
didn't know that no was an option until one of my coworkers was like, oh my God, I can't believe you cleaned that shit up. And I was like, is there, is no an option? And they were like, yeah, they call in like a special service. They lock up the bathroom oh and they my call God. in like a special and service to come you in. do it? And they were like, yeah. And also after that, it happened again. And when it happened the second time, I said no. And then they couldn't say, they didn't say anything. I think the shift manager actually went and cleaned it is what happened. Because he oh was like, Brandon, um, before you go on your break, go clean that bathroom. I was like, hey, I'm not going to enjoy my bathroom. I'm not going to enjoy my break. And my slice of this iced lemon cake that I didn't pay for, if I have to go into the bathroom before and deal I with like would this, die. Like <laughs> deal with this like bubblegut bonanza all over these walls and then go try and eat my slice of iced lemon cake. Are you from yesterday? Because you know that it was that stale stale, but of still course. the disrespect. Oh, I heated up in the micro in that little that oven in the back though. Get everything r- nice and right. But I told him I was like, I'm not cleaning that up. And then he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that was it. I was like, I wish I knew this the first time. Y'all played me. <laughs> I can't believe you did it the first I time. I still can't I, believe I did it. I would have walked. Maybe so. Robocop was the maybe Robocop was the one who Maybe he it, was though. visiting the Brynmar Starbucks in what, twenty ten. Yeah. Like, oh Robo Tummy. Too much sludge. Um, I do love the idea of still having like a little bit of like a demure demureness where you're like, I'm going to go in the bathroom and shit all over the walls in there. I don't do what I hear. That'd be embarrassing. <laughs> That's the line. <laughs> I won't no, do I this. can't do it in oh, front no. of people, but you've got to deal with the splatter now. <laughs> Robot. Dookie. Oh, Oh God! I have, um, I'm well. Awful. Uh, yeah, that's awful. So all of that happens. Also, when Robot, when Robocop comes to the police station, the chief asks the simple question of "Who is that?" and he's told to shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> and then, and then Robocop comes in, and like it's still he hasn't been acclimated with the new with the new facilities. It's unclear what his brain power is, and then they just chuck a pair of keys at him. And they like sent him on the road in some new wheels. <laughs> like, like, go. Are there, is there a protocol in place? Go serve and protect, baby. And he's <laughs> like, is there a briefing? <laughs> we haven't talked to him about anything. We literally, we took this man's head off. We plopped it on top of this Teflon dookie making machine. And we sent him out into the world. And you know that cop car was probably painted as well with that boo boo on. You know it was. You know when they got that cop car back, it wasn't like an officer's just gonna hop in and do his rounds. No. Well, and he that's that the thing. Door. It's like, get a new puppy, you gotta train him. And you, you gotta know train this. your RoboCop where to boo-boo. Soon as he got back with that car, he handed the keys off and the guy was probably like, thanks, RoboCop. And he opened the door and it was probably just like a C. Just like the, the parting of the Red Sea. He probably opened that door and he's probably like, where all this red clay come from? And RoboCop's like, not red clay, dummy. <laughs> Courtesy of Robocop. I just Jackson Pollocked all over the sea. <laughs> Damn it, Robocop, you got me again. Friends call me RC. Um, so yeah, so that's what happened. Um So then he proceeds to go out into Detroit and run into all the crime that could ever happen. He's like, hot. Major he, he, events. <laughs> he's showing. He's showing up fresh. He's showing up at fresh, at fresh events that haven't even completely transpired yet. He's he just show- in the right place at the right time. Always. <laughs> always. He shows up and like there's a scene with the guy who's 
in the midst of trying to stick up this like convenience store and like he's just pulled his gun out and robocop like busts in and puts in that work and whoops that ass did you notice that when the guy robbing the convenience store was shooting up the store he just he just kept saying over and over again fuck me fuck me fuck me and i was like what that's your line isn't it jane (laughs) only on the weekends Um, (laughs) but i read somewhere that that was actually the stunt coordinator who played that character um and he was very excited to play that character but yeah and then next he stumbles upon a woman and this is maybe the most like wild moment of this movie so she's like and I'm gonna try to be respectful she's like she is it's horrible she is being harassed by two hungry men and they're like trying to sexually assault her which is not the funny part of this um which I don't know why I had to say that, but it's because I'm laughing. You're checking while in with yourself. Because, you're <laughs> because I'm laughing when I'm talking about this like staged sexual assault, and she's wearing this wig <laughs> that looks like the wig from like a Little Orphan Annie costume. If Little Orphan Annie had blonde hair. And the two assailants are laughing like hyenas. And he goes, one of the guys goes, we don't want to hurt you. That's too much hair. And then he starts cutting out chunks of her hair. Slash the worst wig you've ever seen before RoboCop shows up. Which is like, A, yes, you do want to hurt me. You're looking to, like, actively sexually assault me. And why is your next thought, that's too much hair? Like, it's so probably was weird. Like, probably thinking you're really, like, highfalutin. You think a lot of yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna knock you down a peg and cut some of your. And as he's cutting up her hair, hair. she screams, "My glory!" Um, <laughs> also, well, and then Robocop shows up, and I think he shoots him, shoots the two guys. Yeah, and then he says, "What?" Uh, <laughs> Oh, he shoots one of the guys in the dick, which I thought was great. I think you should always, if someone is um, sexually assaulting, you should always... Through her dress, by the way. He shoots, he shoots, he's he's holding... The guy is holding the woman in front of him as a shield between him and Robocop. And she's sort of standing, but he's sort of holding her almost off the ground. So her legs are a little bit, like, spread. So Mm -hmm. Robocop shoots, and the bullet goes through her, the front of her dress. I thought he shot her in the crotch for a second. I was like, what's happening, Robocop? I thought Robocop was basically like, fuck it, I'll kill any to get to the criminal, but he shoots through her dress, and when he and shoots through her dress, and he hits the groin of the man behind her, and then, yeah, that's when we realize that his penis has been shot off. Yeah, he shoots him in the dick, and then Robocop, being the sensitive, caring person, mm-hmm. understanding that sort of care that someone needs who's just been in a really harrowing situation, goes, "Madam, you have suffered a shock. I will notify a rape crisis center," and then leaves. 
her on but her But also, <laughs> in RoboCop's defense, when he shoots that man, she runs up on RoboCop and she grabs onto him. I thought he was going to kill her. I was like, well, you better chill out. This is a robot, girl. Um, she grabs onto him, yeah, like, like she knows him. And I thought RoboCop was going to be like, get those hands off me. Um, but he handles it okay. Uh, also, <laughs> also, RoboCop, when he's not out, like, doing crime, he's like... I guess his battery's charging or whatever at, like, the police precinct. First of all, RoboCop is, like, as powerful as, like, 30 men. But they have him, like, in this little tiny room where he's sort of, like... It's, like, almost like a little fence that they have separating him from, like, the world. Yeah, it's like a cage, kind of. Yeah, but it's also... It couldn't be more flimsy. Um, (laughs) And the two people that are supposed to be, like, monitoring his EKG, because I guess he has a heart... I don't know what's going on. Brain activity, something's going on. They're monitoring something. There's a lot of machines that look like they're telling us something, but it's really unclear what they're telling us. It looks like it's maybe brainwaves or brain activity, because he comes to life, but neither one of these clowns sees what's going on, because they're not paying attention. Yeah, And then RoboCop's like... People magazines. Oh my god, those rags. Um, so he stands up and then he's like, I'm leaving, and he takes off. He's has he has a several like flashes of memory, and then he heads he hits the bricks and he's headed out of the police station. The thing that was really funny to me was that nobody there was no protocol put in place for like if a situation like this presents itself, there's no mm-hmm. lockdown procedures that are enacted or anything. So everybody's oh. literally just frantically looking at each other as Robocop walks out because nobody wants to face him because he destroyed them. And as Robocops hits the back, hits the exit, Lewis, who was the partner that was with Murphy the day that he, he was killed, um, before he was turned into Robocop, she sees him and she stops and she says, and she says, like, hi, you know, and she starts engaging with him. She barely says anything to him, though. She says, like, hello, and he in like and then he like he looks at her and then he takes off then one of the people that works for OCP over like sees part of this because they've realized that he's escaped they're looking for him he sees this oh, he can just see an exchange between the two of them and RoboCop mm-hmm. heads out he runs up to Lewis and he he goes up to her and he is wild he is like what the hell did you do why did you say to him and she's like nothing and he's like your head's gonna roll for this and it's like can we calm down like nobody knows what's going on he shouldn't have even been out here in this area for her and to also, like, but didn't him. brief anybody about how to interact with Robocop like, 70% so of like- these people don't even know Robocop's here it seems like exactly and so it's they're just- all they're out in their foam riot gear running oh Detroit and he is so mad at her. And then for some reason, he like, she becomes the thing that he latches onto. And then he like grabs her arm and he's like, You're coming with me. And it's like, Can we talk about the protocol for like the fact that Robocop was supposed to be like on ice in the back and like walked his whole ass past 20 people before he got to me? But we don't want to talk about that. We're just going to talk about the fact that you made eye contact with Robocop. Now you're our, you're our scapegoat. And yep. that was really funny to me because she was so confused by what was going on. And she's also like, like, why is that man's face on this robot? Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and they're just like, don't you worry about it. It's your fault. Um, so was that the first time that she'd seen him or no? She'd seen him bef- the, as It Robocop? seemed like it was the first time that she'd seen him. But then, but when she talked to him, she seemed to have knowledge that it was Then him. it may have been, then maybe it was like her first time being able to engage with him, even if it was briefly. Yeah. Because like, uh, there's a lot of people running around recognizing Robocop in a way that as Alex Murphy, which I'm like, how? You can only see like, like when he It is, is- impossible to tell who this man is based on the <laughs> sliver of face that you can see. There's just not well, enough there. When Robocop goes to the convenience store that, um, 
fake Ron Howard is robbing. Oh, absolutely. I know you're going to say And, like, he's, like, all of a sudden he sees RoboCop and um, fake Ron Howard being, or Paul McCrane, being the expert criminal that he is and keeping himself and his crew, um, you know, Un, uh, uh, like safe and not exposed, starts screaming, "You're dead! We killed you!" at the top of his damn lungs at the fucking um, gas station, and it's like you were trying to keep this like quiet. That you well, we want to keep it under wraps, someone. and also, um, Paul McCrane's character name is Emil. I don't know why Emil. That's like Emil. such a like. I, that's, that's like that's a choice for a name. I really like the name Emil, and it does not fit this movie. Me at all. too. But I was just um, like, I don't think I ever heard anyone say it. But um, I didn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, first of all, he's not only robbing. Okay, he's robbing a gas station. Uh, this Emil character. He's mm-hmm. one of the people in Boddicker's gang who was there the day that RoboCop was killed. He's robbing this convenience store. I mean, he, I mean, it's a gas station. He's not even inside of it. He's like talking to the the gas station attendant who is standing behind a piece of like what looks like a bulletproof glass, mm-hmm. and he's trying to do a stick up. But he's also like, <laughs> he's doing a lot. Like if you're here to he's rob, then just take so the money many. and leave. But he's like monologuing about how the guy is like reading like a book about like advanced like physics or something and he's like what he's he's doing is he's roasting the guy for going to college it's like like, oh what are you college boy and it's like he's like oh what are you doing reading those college books fuck you and it's like are we here to just take the money why is this turning into like a character assassination like just take the money and go this guy's like standing behind him with like this college book and he's like you think you're so much better than me because you know how to fucking conjugate I don't give a shit and it's just like, go! You have a gun, and you're just standing in the middle of the street, man. And you're well, trying to is he like filling up his gas tank too. Is he like waiting? Yeah, but for it's a motorcycle, tank? so it was done before he walked up there. Okay. Like, and it's just like, so and then, why? So I thought he was waiting for fill up. So no, he's just standing there for. He's no He's just reason. standing there roasting this dude, trying out his new like Sam Kennison routine, and it is just like <laughs> you need to go. This isn't that moment. And then RoboCop shows up. It seems at this point like you're just waiting on him. And then that's when he's like, he recognizes this man who he saw for all of like 10 seconds before they shot his his face off. And And you can't see his eyes. All you can see is his his lips. And he knows instantly. There's no possible way. There's no possible way. And yeah, and it's just, it's a wild scene. Also, so there's a scene where RoboCop, you know, he takes he's having those flickers of memory. He takes that little the trip back down memory lane and he goes mm-hmm. back to the family casa. Mm. Uh, and it's a rough one for him. Um, he mm. gets back. I'm so are you so curious about RoboCop's family? They dipped so quickly. And <laughs> I'm so curious about because when he is like sort of hiding out with Ann Lewis, he asks him. He he asks her. So I had a wife. Like what happened? And she was like, "Oh, um, your wife decided to move on and start a new life because she didn't think you were coming back or something like that." And I had so many questions. I wrote them all down. Sorry, let me find them because I can't remember like where this was in the movie. Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, I 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So, first of all, this is, like, when he realizes who he is, and they're back in the, um... They're hiding because now the police force is after him because OCP basically turned the police force on him because he found out that OCP was working with the gangsters. And Anne goes, it's really good to see you again, Murphy. And it's like, you worked with him for one day. Like, why are you so connected? (laughs) Not even a whole day. You guys literally just went on that car and then he was killed. And like, how do you know... How do you know? How does Anne know exactly what happened to his wife? Like, she wouldn't. She thought you were dead, so she started over again. How is Anne privy to this info? Like, is she in touch with her? If so, did you tell the wife that he's back? He's back in a a slightly different form. In a different form, but like, girl, it's up to you whether you want to take it or leave it. But it's just so unclear. His family just like disappears and it's it's sort of like under rug swept and this house which i also thought low-key was a really expensive house for a police officer um that they're living in yeah it was like a nice 80s fantasy um where they're all i mean just like monica and rachel living in that rent controlled apartment while rachel while rachel hoofs it as like you know a barista at fucking Central Perk and Monica yeah. has a job and she feels like it as a chef. Uh, but anyway, this place they they like they come in. It's like full on eighties decadence, and yeah. he's having all these memories of like his life here with his wife. There's this memory that they keep flashing to of his wife like in the bedroom with this robe on, and she oh goes, she, her she keeps going, hey. We have to talk. And it's his memory. And you kind of think, oh, it's like, it's that's the snippet we keep getting is his wife looking at him with this sort of inscrutable expression. Like, we need to talk. And it was like, oh, was it like, maybe like there was like some sort Trouble of like issue in the marriage. Or, and yeah. then, then we finally get the full quote, which is, hey, we need to talk. I love you. And it's like the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing. It was like, it's God, so stupid. And one more the- day on this script. <laughs> one more day on this script. And it was like this, like, it was this sort of like kernel that we didn't need. Like, no, <laughs> didn't no do, I thought like, why, it was going to reveal something. Yeah, like the family, his family is so unimportant to this story, and oh, they sure. really make it clear. I mean, it's how he remembers who he is, I guess. But she could have said anything, and like instead, they just were like, "How do we make it as confusing for our audience as possible to figure out what's going on here?" Like she should have said, "Like this. hey, we need to talk," and then like maybe she farted because then I'd be like, "Oh, she's a fun girl." <laughs> um, but so that happens, and then like, and then the other memories that he's having are just memories of being shot to death. So it's like these are literally his only two memories, and he just sort of. <laughs> tossing Going back and forth and between again. like the two of them his family he no longer has and then being shot to death um there's also there's this really juicy scene in the in the men's bathroom between bob oh, morton yeah. and tricky dicky jones they're in the bathroom <laughs> at this point robocop has proven himself to be a success dick jones mm-hmm. is licking his wounds because nobody wants to hang out with old droidy droid um and he, so he's on <laughs> so he's on ice for the time being um and so dick jones is really pissed off because he feels like he feels like Bob Jones sort of stepped over him and went to their boss above the both of them to push through his idea for RoboCop. So Dick Jones is like really angry. So he confronts um, 
so he confronts Bob in the bathroom and they do this thing that is really popular in these movies mm-hmm. where like men who are angry get so close to each other that you're like they're or one of them's gonna punch the other one or they're gonna have sex right here in the bathroom yeah like this their is faces about to get are hot so and heavy close to each other their lips are quivering and you're just like so it's and- about to go down and Bob like caresses, or oh, that's right, he Dick, like strokes caresses his face he, and then grabs him by the hair. Yeah, he strokes his face and then he roughly grabs his hair, and it's just like, in what What's, world do you two? And also, what is going like, on? I don't know if you notice this. So, uh, Bob is talking shit about Dick Jones, and Dick Jones is in the bathroom taking a dump, and he nice. so he doesn't know that he's in there. So when Dick Jones reveals himself to have been shitting and listening, nice. he they have this conversation about how um, Dick Jones used to you know talk shit about his boss, and he gives this list of insults he used to use against oh, his boss, God. I forgot and about he this. he goes, Iron Butt, Boner. <laughs> I once even called him an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, what is this list of insults that you pulled from? Like, what is the most ra- Iron butt? Iron butt just sounds like he's a really, like, hard ass. That sounds like more <laughs> of a flex than anything. Well, and also maybe think of Robocop. Because I did write, one of my notes is, fine, I'll say it, Robocop has a bit of a dump truck. Um... <laughs> Don't roll your eyes at me. I didn't say anything. You love your fantasy, mama. <laughs> um, but it was just so fucking weird. It was, and I, some of the lines that are spoken in this movie are unhinged. Um, if we can go and head over to Bob's, ap- I assume this is his apartment. This was going to be amazing. Yeah, that's the next scene. Partying with the ladies. These two chicks, yeah. And they're just doing copious amounts of cocaine, (laughs) the three of them, like, off of, like, his, like, mirrored um, coffee table. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, was it mirrored or was it glass? Either way, it doesn't matter. They're blowing lines. One of the girls is, like, shaking cocaine on her boobs. They're, like, about to have a threesome. I feel like if I was into coke, I always have thought it was really interesting when people do stuff with coke like that. Because it always feels like, stop it. Like, put it on the flat surface. <laughs> yeah, why are you don't play around this with, expensive drug? It's always been the same thing with me with people, like, in movies when they're throwing money around and rolling around in it naked. I'm like, you're going to fuck around and you're going to leave a couple G's. They're going to get stuck behind that. They're going to be stuck behind the damn uh, side table or something messing around. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, if I had a million dollars in, like, cash, I would mm-hmm. be like, ooh. Like, I would, like, have fun looking at it in my, in my briefcase. But, like... <laughs> And, like, make sure everything was accounted Yeah, for. if I was into coke, I wouldn't want to, mm-hmm. like, put some of it on your, like, concave breast so it can, like, fall off. And now it's on the carpet. Now I'm sniffing it up off of there like an animal. Right. You don't, like, you're just pooling in the bottom of your bra and you don't see it again until you're taking a and shower. And your cleavage and is like, sweaty, so now it's, like, tacky and it's on you. And yeah. And I gotta get my finger in there and gum it on my teeth or something. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know how it works, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't want to waste stuff playing around. Of course, of course. Put it all on the table, damn it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, this, was- so, some of the things that are spoken during this exchange, um, <laughs> Bob is, like, going on about how he th- thinks brains are so sexy, and one of the women goes, sometimes I could just think of something and I get so horny. What? So nothing. So nothing. <laughs> 
it was the most throwaway line. And then um, Clarence shows up to uh, kill Bob because he has been ordered by Dick Jones to kill Bob. And he walks in and Clarence says, bitches leave and they couldn't be out faster those girls this this is in my notes (laughs) like those girls so quick and it was like they didn't look concerned they were just like okay bye they were like all right and one of them upon leaving goes bob are you gonna call me and it's like honey he's got a machine gun sis (laughs) This couldn't be this is a the worse end. time. This is the end of the story, okay? And you know I she went home and sat me. by that phone <laughs> until she saw the funeral announcements. Um, yeah, she, they. When he says he says bitches leave, these girls. Well, he barely gets bitches out, and they're already <laughs> grabbing their shoes. And, and what I was really thinking was they got my energy. <laughs> Because you better believe it, baby. If I got the green light to leave the scene of the crime, I'm taking it. Uh, me too. I wouldn't stick around out of some false loyalty to some sweaty, coked up guy that I was about to bone. And I, I swear like- to you, I think one of them took some of the coke with her. <laughs> did she? I think she did. I think one of them grabbed some of the coke and was like, see you later, King. Um, you don't need this where you're going. Um, and also, I felt like the way that they killed Bob was so silly. Like, he shoots him, he shoots Bob in the leg, and yeah. then he has, like, some, like, 19... It's, like, not a regular grenade. It's, like, a 1980s grenade. And he, like... He he sits the grenade down in the middle of the of the coffee table, and then he just walks out. And Bob is, like, crawling to try and get to the grenade, and then it explodes. I'm just like, this is so he much is more chaotic than it needs to be. This grabbing whole at this grenade like Ugh. he's never used his fingers before. It was so much. It was so annoying. <laughs> it was like, if you could if you could have chucked that across the house or out the window, you maybe would have had a shot. Exactly, but... but- Charges you of the game. All right, <laughs> but yeah. Bob. And also, like, there's some really towards the end of the movie, the deaths get really wild. Emil, <laughs> Emil, just like <gasps> just melts. Oh apparently. my like, god! This is actually the part that made me like grossed out more than any of the blood and gore, or anything like that. So the final showdown, Emil drives his truck into a big vat that says toxic waste and he emerges like a sea creature from the Black Lagoon because apparently in the 80s we thought that being in toxic waste immediately like melted and turned melted you and turned you into like a goblin. (laughs) It's wild. And he's like walking around like asking people to help him and it's like, honey, you are beyond help. You just need to lay down and wait for that white light. (laughs) Yeah, you need to just pick a a spot with some nice shade and uh, think back on some better times because it's the end for you. Uh, and he keeps running up on people and his friends are none too happy to see him. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) Oh, and at this point, Robocop has removed his own helmet, which we get the full face. And I was wondering how you felt about the, because it's the actor's like full face. Yeah. And then the back of his head is all machinery. It was fine. I felt like we pulled, I feel like we could have fixed that helmet and put it back on him though. I didn't feel like we need it, but I feel like they were really trying to mark this sort of shift in who Robocop cop is and i think that the removal of the helmet sort of like in a way was the was the untethering of him from like the larger sort of like 
prison complex in a way. So I felt sure. like it was supposed to be this sort of symbolic statement. But I think visually, I kind of was like, let's get let's get something on let's the head, that, though. Even if it's just a scarf. <laughs> Back on. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like I had trouble uh, uh, suspending my disbelief in the sense where it was like, so you mean to tell me he had skin, a full like skin face underneath that helmet and he was wearing that for I don't know weeks on end and he took it off and his face is just totally fine like I feel like his face would start to like rot or something like there's you know what I mean like yeah but you want him boo-booing though (laughs) but you're worried about his skin adherence on his face all right I see you Jane like, no, I'm just like, I, I feel like it's hard for me to buy that his skin would be intact. This like is that. where it's hard for you to buy. <laughs> and then also when he removes the fucking um, helmet, he removes these um, these screws that are at least like six inches long. And it's like, what's happening that your brain, his brain is still in there, but you can, you can safely and like without any sort of like medical intervention, remove a six inch screw from each side of your head to take this helmet off. I'm sorry, but that's where they lost me. It's 2028 though, Jane. In about six years, we're going to be able to do that same shit. So get ready. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, so I have a question for you, Jane. Um, yes. Would you watch RoboCop again? Um, I would watch RoboCop again because I feel like there's so much that I missed because it's such a chaotic movie. <laughs> I agree. I'd be down. I, I, I feel the same way. I know there's stuff that I didn't catch that I feel like on a, on another watch I would definitely be like, okay, what about this and what about this? I know. And there's so much happened that we didn't even get to talk about like it's just like there's every frame of this movie is something going on and it was really fun to watch in a way that like I I I didn't I thought it was gonna be more like Die Hard which is like actually like a good movie Mm -hmm. but this is (laughs) no but this is like a good movie in a different way where like nothing makes sense and I believe no no it was it was pure chaos and you just divorce yourself from any sort of like reality so exactly I feel yeah so I would definitely Um, watch this again me too Mm-hmm. Uh, Jane, is there a movie that you have that you want me to watch for next week? There is. And I'm really excited we've arrived at this point because I selected this movie without having the piece of information that I'm about to give you, which is that the director of RoboCop is the same director of the movie that I'm going to assign to you. And I know what it okay. is. Dave wants Dave. to call it. I know what it is. What do you think it is? It's going to be um, Showgirls. No, it's Showgirls. Yes. Yeah. And I. <laughs> it's funny that Dave said striptease because Tara said the same thing to me this morning. I swear to God, Tara and Dave are so similar. She was like, is Demi Moore? In-? Like, no, that's striptease. Um, but it. I did not realize that this is the same director until like I started figuring out where to stream it this morning. So I just thought that was very Ooh, funny. And, okay. Um, and I've, I've we never are seen continuing it before. Our, our journey on, um, what's his name? Um, Paul Verhoeven. Paul, Paul Verhoeven's oeuvre. Um, cool. Well, thank you guys 
for sticking with us, listening to us talk about RoboCop. I hope you guys watch it. It's really fun. Um, if you want to check in with us uh, anytime in between podcasts, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed and on Twitter at MWM Chat. And we love you and we appreciate you. And we will see you next week for Showgirls. Bye. I don't know much, but I know I love you, and that may be all I need to know. Come on, that was pretty good right now. That was great. That was like life changing. I say, make them all robot. Lose the arm. <laughs>